If you're starting the writing process, uh, just know that you're going to have to do a lot of writing before you get to the place where it's ready to publish. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of putting in that work. Also keep it fun. If it starts to feel like torture every time you sit down to write, work on something else for a little while. This shouldn't be painful. The writing process is the fun part. All of the stuff that happens afterwards is more of the work. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is another week and another week means that we have another guest here at Leaders Talk. But again, let me introduce myself. I'm your host, Andrew Dupy, Chief Relationship Officer at Leaders Press. And today I have with me Caitlin Bervais. And I said her last name right because she prepped me. <laughs> um, yeah, Caitlin is the head of Ignited Inc. Writing. She is an author. She is an editor. She is an expert on the craft that we do. So, Caitlin, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Thank you. Um, so I've been working as an editor since 2017. I got my MFA in creative writing before that. And uh, basically, I just love all things books and writing related. So that's why I like coming on and talking about this and editing and doing all of that. I also have a book. It's called uh, When Magic Calls, and it's a collection of short stories. Wonderful. Well, tell us about what it means to be an editor. I mean, we we hear that so often in this business and a lot of our audience are potential authors. And when they talk to us, they ask about what is the editing process? What is this? So educate uh, our audience a little bit on editing. Yes. So the first thing that you want to figure out if you're looking into editing is what type of editing you want. So people who aren't in the writing world will automatically think about more like proofreading, which is fixing mistakes. It's adding a period here, fixing that misspelling, that sort of a thing. And that's really the final polishing that you should do. But before then, you can work with a developmental or content editor who mm -hmm. will help you with the story or the, the concepts in the book itself. So that's somebody who is saying, oh, maybe we should move this chapter here because it flows better. It makes more sense. I want to know it sooner, the information in that chapter. Or they might be saying, uh, I don't really know this character at all. We need to work on developing them. And mm -hmm. they will suggest ways to do that. Then you would have a copy editor or line editor. And that's somebody who's going to help you with the writing mechanics. So especially if you're someone who like English isn't your first language, or uh, you just don't feel very confident in your sentence structure, a copy editor is going to come in there and help at that level. They're going to make your sentences flow together, sound pretty. Uh, they're going to make sure you're varying the type of sentences you're using, mm. that sort of a thing. Yeah, and developmental editing, I think, is something that gets lost on a lot of people. I know that when we have potential authors coming to us that are thinking about writing their first book, either themselves or with a ghostwriter, when they think about the editing process, when they begin to engage us, they do feel like it's all about, you know, fixing the spelling punctuation mm -hmm. and, and, and just covering that. And sometimes they're surprised in the writing process at how involved that first step, uh, that developmental step really is. Do you find that in your work? I do. I definitely do. A lot of people too don't want to let somebody else into the writing process at that developmental mm. level because they feel like um, we are kind of invading their space or changing it too much. And it's this wonderful thing that they created. Um, as an author, I get that. It just takes practice. Um, so you can always start with a critique group or getting feedback in that way before you have a professional look at it. 
The other thing too, as a developmental editor, my goal is to teach you things so that the next time you write something, you don't need as much developmental work because I've right. taught you some, how to do pacing better, how to develop characters or your thoughts better. So it's actually the most important in the first book when people are the most hesitant to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just kind of surprising. And, and especially when you're in a situation where, yeah, you, you come into something where you like with us, you may have a ghostwriter and, mm -hmm. you know, you go through that process and that you think that's your back and forth, but then there's a little bit of a shock sometimes with how much then the author still has to be involved with the building and, and development process. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, uh, with how do people find a good editor? I mean, what, what should be the steps of someone they say they want to do a book, they're writing a book, they know they're going to need an editor. What should they be looking for? So I always tell people, start with other authors, you know, word of mouth is going to be the best way to find a good editor because it's somebody mm. who's worked directly with that person. So if you're a part of a writer's group, if you know other people who have books, ask them what editor they used, if they would use them again, what type of editing. Um, if you don't have people like that in your life, or maybe all of your friends write a different type of book than you and you want an editor who specializes in something else, I would next go somewhere like the Freelance Editors Association, a writing organization in your area, and ask them if they have any editors that they recommend. Um, basically, you're looking for somebody who's been vetted, right? So that you can avoid right. a scam or someone who you just don't mesh with. Um, the other thing that you should do is talk to a couple of different editors, maybe request a sample edit where they would do three to seven pages, depending on the editor, and you can get a feel for what it would be like to work with them. There is a certain amount of chemistry that needs to happen between the editor yeah. and the author as well. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you can't just really, that, that's really it. The the thought that you can just go out and, and have just a random person come and, and edit your book it really doesn't work that way. This is really bringing somebody into something very personal for you. It is. And what works for somebody else might not work for you. So yeah. as an author, I know that I need a little bit of encouragement as well as when people give me criticism and things to fix. So as an editor, one of my goals is to point out what you do well mm -hmm. alongside the things that need improvement to offer that encouragement. Other editors don't do that as much. Or maybe you're the type of author who doesn't really care if somebody says, oh, this is working. You just want to know what to fix. So there's lots of different things that go into finding the right person for you. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can tell you right now, one of the things that we've seen in our time uh, as a publisher, that you know, we have our own in-house editors, but what we've seen when we've had uh, authors come to us and they've maybe their first book was a self-published book that didn't do very well. And, and yeah, they, they, they grabbed a cheap editor and they didn't put the time and the effort in. So they're having to kind of come back to the well. So, cause it really is something that you have to, as an author, put a lot of work into or bring someone in to do the work for you. Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then tell me a little bit about when some of our authors right now, again, or, or potential authors, they're coming into this still trying to think about how they're going to write their book, their first book. Uh, what do they should they have in mind for themselves as beginning that journey of, of actually sitting down <laughs> and putting pen to paper? What gets them over that early hump? 
I will say that one of the hardest parts of writing is sitting down and starting each time. So if you can do it daily or five days a week, the more often you can sit down and get started, the more likely you are to finish and the easier the getting started each time will become. Um, The other thing to think about is there are kind of, there's a spectrum of writing. Uh, there are people mm. who need to outline it and plot it out before they get started. And there are people who just want to start writing and they don't want to do that work ahead of time. Both ways are great. We call the second type of person a pantser, like fly by the seat of your pants writer or a discovery mm. writer. Just know if you don't do the organizational uh, outline upfront, then you're going to have to do more revision later on because you're doing that organization after you've already written your first draft. Um, So that's also something to think about if you're a new writer is when are you going to do that organizing piece? Does that kind of answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's, it's, it's such a hard question to really answer. I mean, that's the thing. There's so much that you really have to go through and do to, to get to that point. I mean, that, that ends up again, why a lot of people that, actually go out there and they seek help. I mean, is that something that you feel that someone should do is to bring in other people in the process early on? Yes, especially if you haven't educated yourself in writing in any other way. Um, So there's lots of different ways you can get your kind of writing education. You can go to school for it, um, but you can also take community classes, go to seminars. You can work with a writing coach who will help motivate you, help you get your book written. Uh, You can work with a group of other writers where you just keep each other accountable and you're kind of learning the process together. So you just have to find what fits your schedule and works for you. But do realize this is a skill that you're building. It's also a little bit of an art, but you have to build those skills (laughs) first. So you're just going to have to write a lot to get good at it. Well, you know, and in, in, in also in, in a lot of cases when we speak to, uh, you know, some of our potential clients, part of their issue, their block at the very beginning is they don't quite know what to write because in this situation they're doing, they're doing nonfiction. So, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they're coming at it from the approach of they have something that they know what they're going to write about, but they don't know the way to approach it. They don't know how to do that. So how does somebody actually come up with, what they really writing the actual thing they feel that is the right thing and still be the right thing for your clients especially the nonfiction authors if you have a blog if you've made youtube videos if Mm. you've given tips on social media start there you might actually have a lot of your book already figured out through those things so look at some of those see if you can repurpose it for your book and then look at what it is that people ask about whatever your area of expertise is. That's another good place to start. And a good building block is if somebody comes to you and always asks the same questions when they're starting to work with you, that's a book that maybe needs to be out there is something that's answering those questions. Yeah. Shouldn't you really approach the early stages of the writing process of coming up with really just a concept of what you want the book to do for you or for others? Yeah. And nonfiction in particular, you always have to keep your end reader in mind. It kind of is like marketing. Think about what your book is going to do for them. So what's their burning desire? What's their pain point? If you've heard those words before, what is it that your book is going to help your reader with? 
And if you can start to articulate that, then that'll go a long way in helping you get started. Yeah. And also, though, again, it's also the idea of what then do you want this book to accomplish for yourself uh, yes. as well? Yeah. So are you writing this to get your story out there? Are you mm. writing this to get your knowledge out there? Uh, are you going to use this book as a business card? A lot of speakers do that. Is this something that you're going to give away? Or is this something that you want to build a lot of buzz around and sell a lot of copies of? So if you know what your goals for the book are and what success for you as an author means, mm. that can also help you. And, and then and then at that point, you also have to consider you know, where you're going to go with the publishing route, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where, where, where somebody like us comes in, or we're in all of the process on that. But yeah. Um, so again, how, what does a, someone have to do when they're beginning to actually think about a publisher? You have to decide which type of publishing you want, um, especially when it comes to nonfiction, because with nonfiction, if you want a traditional publisher, you actually need a book proposal even Mm -hmm. before you write the book. That's a lot of work. There are a lot of pages. Mm -hmm. Um, It involves creating a marketing plan. So that's very different than if you're going a hybrid or self-publishing route where you might look for somebody like you that's Mm -hmm. just going to help you with the publishing process, but it's not going to require as much of that book proposal upfront. Or if you're going to self-publish and do it all yourself, you're going to have to learn how to do all of those things and do them well. And you're going to have to be very self-aware of where your skills are. So for example, when I self-published my book, I knew that I'm not a great graphic designer. I can use Canva. I can make a little image to throw up on Instagram. But I knew that I didn't want to spend the time to create the type of book cover that would help sell my book. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to know that about yourself. Where do you want help? Where do you not want help? Yeah, and that, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. A lot of people that that are beginning to think about the writing process, you know, they always have in mind that that traditional publisher model mm-hmm. of, of what what publishing is supposed to look like. But in nonfiction, it's like you say, that's becoming really difficult to actually break into nowadays, isn't it? It is. And the other thing, too, with both nonfiction and fiction is if you want control over your book, creative control over Mm -hmm. what goes into it, what the final book looks like, you don't get that through a traditional publisher. You don't get the final say on edits. The traditional publisher does. So if you have in your heart something that you want this book to be and you really don't want somebody altering that, traditional publisher is not for you. If your book is timely, and you need it to come out soon. Traditional publisher is also not for you because it's gonna take probably years to get a publisher and then you'll be put in the queue. And right now it's still sitting at two years out because everything was paused for COVID. Right. Uh, so by the time you get a publisher, you still have to wait two years. So if you're writing something that is of this time, especially something political, you probably need it to self or hybrid publish. Yeah. And it's it's amazing though how uh, how much how little actually support is given to a lot of new authors in that traditional publishing model, and I think that's why they're so surprised. And in many cases, we've had authors that their first book was traditional and then swapped to the hybrid model after having that 
uh, experience with traditional publishing? Yeah, the traditional publisher is going to put their time and resources mostly behind the authors they know are going to sell. Yeah. So as a new author, you get a very small budget, both money-wise, time-wise, all of that within the publishing house. And if you're lucky and your book does really well, they will put more behind you for the next book. But if you're not lucky and that wasn't enough to really get your book out there, you're going to have a hard time, even with your next book. Also, as what they call mid-list authors, so you're not the big name, you're not the debut author, we have not seen an increase in advances. It's actually been decreasing, mm -hmm. which means it's harder to make a living as a traditional author if you want to make a living from your books. Most of those mid-list authors, when they switch to self-publishing, have found that they are able to make more of a living than they could through a traditional publisher. Yeah, and, and that doesn't really surprise me. And it's not really, it's not to say, I mean, it almost sounds like we're just denigrating traditional publishers. <laughs> no, they absolutely, they have value. And, and in many cases, they're, they are a better choice for a certain person Mm -hmm. Than going the hybrid or the self-publishing route, it's just, it's all just about being able to find what is the ideal thing for you, and that can almost vary completely, hundred percent from every author to every author, can't it? It can. So the other thing about a traditional publisher is they're very good at doing certain types of books, so mm -hmm. a specific type of book within a genre, and if your book falls into that mold exactly a traditional publisher is going to do great for you because they know how to sell that book. If your book is different than that, a traditional publisher might not be best for you because they don't know how to sell that mm -hmm. book. So if you're writing um, something that fits in this mold of a traditional publisher you enjoy reading as an author, maybe you should go for that. Right. So just It also depends on that type of book that you're writing. Yeah. So... So then as someone ha who has had success with a, a self-published book, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, we work a lot with the hybrid model, obviously, because that's our, our model, um, you know, when to, to be successful in doing that, how are you, how can you be successful when you're going it completely alone? I mean, it, don't you need to actually begin to think about how much help you're going to need to bring in to, to support that? You do. So I would recommend working out your budget and mm. starting to save if you really want your book to be successful, because you're going to have to pay for editing. You're going to have to pay for cover design. You're going to have to pay for copies made up front, and then you're going to mm. have to pay for marketing. And like any small business, which being an author, you are a small business now, you have to think about your money and your time. What are you going to spend each of those on? So yeah, you can do a lot of the self-publishing things yourself, but it's going to take you a lot of time because you're going to have to learn how to do it. So what are you willing to spend time on and what are you willing to spend money on is something that you need to think about. Also, remember that this is a long game. You don't just stop marketing after the first month. You're going to mm -hmm. have to constantly be marketing your book. So for a lot of authors, that means Amazon ads. That means keeping on top of keywords. Uh, in nonfiction, though, you have a lot more opportunities for that. Speaking is a great way yeah. to get your book out there. And that's something that not a lot of fiction authors can do. So actually, in my opinion, I think it's a little bit easier to market a nonfiction book just because you have so many other options that are really great for that. Um, right. 
Yeah. And and that's, I mean, that's why we keep the lights on yeah. <laughs> because they are, I mean, a, a nonfiction book is an, ex, is an extremely marketable tool, but that is something that though, that can become lost on people because when they go the self-publishing route, they have in their mind easy, mm-hmm. uh, which we're now demonstrating. We've, we've spent 20 minutes demonstrating it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, so they have in their mind that it's easy and that it, it can just come together, but yeah, they, they really need, to come at it from the idea that this is going to be a full-time job that you are committed to, whether you're going to do it yourself or whether you're going to hybrid publish and pay someone to come in and be your support staff. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And it's a product, just like any other product Mm -hmm. you would make in a business. You have to treat it like that and you have to continuously get word out about it into the world. And that is the nice thing sometimes about something like a hybrid publisher is they take some of that off your plate. So you don't have to do all of those things. You don't have to research all of those things. Um, So it's just, you got to figure out what's best for you. Right. But then they also do, you also do have to understand that most of the publishers, even us, even hybrid publishing, we can't do much support past launching the book because that's what we do. We build the books, we launch the books, we publish the books. So an author though, then has to keep in mind that they still got work to do when they've got it. <laughs> it's it's going to be going out yes. there and finding the ways to market it yourself. Definitely. I've always said what I would love to do personally as somebody who works in the book industry is to like steal some recent graduates from a marketing program and be like, <laughs> all right, learn the book industry and you will be set for life because no authors want to market. And if you could figure that out, you would have so much business. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that and that's really it. I mean, it, it's it's when when you have you have to have the idea that when you're building a book, you build something that's going to last your lifetime. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's never going to go away. But you have to keep it in people's eyes as long as you want to continue to reap the benefits of it. Definitely. Also, if you're going to do any sort of video or anything like that, I always tell people, so like in my video, my book's on my wall back there. I have a poster of it. Subliminal messaging, use it as a prop. Every time you need a book as a prop, always bring your own book. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And and you know what's crazy? My book isn't over there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have so many books that you have to do that with as a publisher. So, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Caitlin, uh, what is your advice? Let me just let's get a golden nugget moment here uh, before we, we before we kind of wrap up. What is just something that we haven't touched on, we haven't shared that you feel is just universally applicable to anyone that is beginning the writing process out there right now? If you're starting the writing process, uh, just know that you're going to have to do a lot of writing before you get to the place where it's ready to publish. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of putting in that work. Also keep it fun. If it starts to feel like torture every time you sit down to write, work on something else for a little while. This shouldn't be painful. The writing process is the fun part. All the stuff that happens afterwards is more of the work. Um, also, kind of on the publishing side of things, don't forget to include QR codes in all of your marketing material and in your book itself. Uh, that is a great way to connect the physical with the internet, the online world. So if you want people to read your next book, go to your website after reading your book, make sure there's an easy way for them to get there. And a QR code is great for that. 
wonderful. It is so true. That is so true. It, it, it done so many benefits. And we talk about that all the time with our new authors, like, and do not miss those QR codes everywhere. Um, yes. Well, Kaylin, if someone in our audience wants to work with you, uh, wants to find you, how can they best do that? I My company name is Ignited Ink Writing. So you can go to my website. There's a contact form there. I'm also on most sh- social media. So you can find me there under either Caitlin Burvey or Ignited Ink Writing. You can search either and it'll take you to the same page. Uh, that would probably be the best way to get in touch with me is either my website or social media. Wonderful. Well, everybody, there you have it. It's Caitlin Burvey and we loved having you today, Caitlin. And I mean, we, we could talk publishing all day long. It's, it's there's so much out there but i think this has been very informative for our audience we thank you much thank you i'm happy to be here